All right, everybody. I guess welcome back to the Woodscast. Uh, as always, I am Justin, and this is a podcast where two dudes talk about uh, whatever's bothering us while we have a few too many adult beverages and scream into the void about the things that annoy us. Um, usually, I do this with my younger and not as handsome brother, Shay, but he's actually working. He actually has shit to do. So I asked a couple of other buddies to join us because nothing fixes problems like three liberals talking to each other. Am I right? But, uh, so we got, um, uh, friends of the podcast, uh, John from the Bluegrass. How you doing, John? I'm good. Yeah. We're, we're all white males. So I'm, yeah. we have all the answers. We, yeah. we, we solved the world problems as, <laughs> right. as three white men in a room have always done. Yes. Not going to fuck anything up. I think it's, it'd be hard for us to make it worse, but I, I'm definitely, we're going to fix it. And, uh, Adam, how you doing? Adam in the, uh, the mountain state of West Virginia. What's going on? Oh, I'll live. You'll live. Uh, yeah, Adam was just telling us he may have had a COVID scare uh, because of a conference, so we all hope he uh, does not have uh, have the COVID. But um, believe it or not, break, breakthrough cases can happen, right, Adam? It's not it's not uh, completely out of this world. Well, I mean, I, I can't promise that I didn't bribe the the testing center to tell me it was positive, so I can stay home longer. Yeah, but... get that ten to fourteen day quarantine happening. <laughs> Where I work, they're, they're like, super easygoing about it. They're like, if you think you feel bad, stay the fuck away. Like, they are very adamant about it. They, they don't want you anywhere near there. And, um, you know, uh, I'm still only allowed uh, to be on the in the lab for 24 hours a week, which, you know, they asked me to do uh, Tuesday through Friday for, like, six hours a day. Now, if you're going to only going to go into work for six hours, so you're rolling in around noon and leaving at six, I have no motivation to get up early anymore. I have zero fucking motivation. And there's a couple of days I, I almost was late coming in at noon, so it really screws up my sleep schedule. But we'll go get her. Yeah, no, really. I get up, I get up earlier than that, but I just don't go in the lab until um, noon. But hopefully we'll get back to it. I, I, uh, I don't know. We'll talk about COVID here in a second because it does not look good. That look good, but uh, so everybody's got the so for the numbers for the week is I, I'm on my first beer. Everybody I see has a cocktail of some of some sort. What's everybody drinking? I have a, I have a beer and uh, I just opened a new bottle of Four Roses Single Barrel. So. That's not too bad, Adam. What are you sipping on? Um, Saw it's something. a it's a cocktail that I think I invented unless somebody beat me to it. Um, I call it a banana republic. Uh, it basically is an well, old-fashioned with Orleans bitters, and instead of ice cubes, uh, it has frozen chunks of pineapple and banana. That sounds delicious. Fruity. Yeah. Just recently, we bought a, a, a packet of those. You call them like freezer pops, but they have alcohol in them. It's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, and I bought a, I bought a, a bat, box of them because when I swapped the keg out, they're just right there by the register, completely impulse buy, like. Right there, just just threw it on top of the cake. And for the last couple of days, I've been sniffing off pieces of it and putting them in Rachel's cocktails. She loves it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. keeps keeps your uh, drink cold and uh, and it tastes like uh, strawberry lemonade. Apparently, um, I've had beer here. I got a, I got some, I got you know Bella Light as always. I learned something. I have a meter on the keg that tells me how low the keg's getting. And I realized this week that you know whenever your house has like a small power flutter like the Maybe the power goes off like two minutes, and you're annoyed because you have to check change all the all the the uh, clocks again. Well, 
apparently my keg meter also goes out and it's not reset. Mm. So I was like, oh, damn, because I knew I was getting close to the keg popping, and I looked at it, and it was turned off. I was like, fuck. Like, you can't do good keg, keg science like that. You gotta, you gotta have a oh, backup. Sounds like you need to get a generator just to run. I know. Uh, well, I told Rachel about it, and I'm and I'm trying to still trying to calibrate the sensor, but you know, I just I guess I'll have to work through a couple more kegs to get the data. It's just science. You know, I have to do it. Yeah, if I have to drink alcohol for science, I will. Um, all right, we are in the 208th day of the Biden administration. We are in the first day of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Uh, last coup attempt on one of our elections that was quote unquote free and fair was 222 days ago. Biden is polling right about 49 percent approval in both uh, was it 538 and Gallup. Um, been in a COVID pandemic for 523 days, and congratulations to Rush Limbaugh. He is 180 days sober. Happy for him. Got me beat. But then again, I, I I watched the that show Intervention, and I paused to make myself a drink, so I don't think I'm the best reference there. But like, man, this guy has a problem. Like, pause, give me a cocktail. Um, I don't go to meetings, so it's all right. So as uh, as we were talking about before, uh, COVID is not going well. Uh, we have thirty seven point thirty seven point six million cases in the United States. Over three hundred, I'm sorry, over six hundred thirty-eight thousand American deaths in uh, conservative speak. That's two hundred twelve nine elevens, or one hundred fifty-nine thousand Benghazis. The seven-day uh, dosing, I'm sorry, the seven-day vaccine average keeps declining. And the thing that really started worrying me, and I don't know if you guys pay attention to it, our our seven-day case average is one hundred thirty case, one hundred thirty thousand cases per day. Please, excuse me, one hundred thirty-seven. 130,808 cases per day. That is officially half of our peak from January. And I don't see those numbers turning around anytime soon. Um, I, I think I've been following a guy who, like, several of the different Twitter accounts that I've followed that um, compile data, you uh-huh. know, did every day. Um, they pretty much thought COVID was over, so they quit doing it. Um, so the, the guy that I follow now actually built a algorithm that pulls CDC data on a daily basis. And I think cases and deaths, I think hospitals and tests, he pulls from uh, CDC or H, uh, DHHS and uh-huh. he pulls cases and deaths from New York times on a daily basis in his algorithm. I check the, I and, check the New York times side all the time. Um, uh, this Fuck guy's us. like Jonah Fleischacker. If you have, if you want to look at, look at it, but, uh, the last like three, I think four days, the uh, national uh, positivity rate is starting to go down. So that could be an indicator we're getting close to a peak. But unfortunately, so. obviously, we're a weird country where we have very different regions and some are peaking and some are still full-fledged going at it. So who well, knows? I mean, I, I can say that here in Illinois, our positivity rate has just spread across the state. It started towards the southern end of, of Illinois. And it went from like you know green to yellow to red, and then that that change went all the way up to Chicago. Now, of course, Chicago is a huge metropolitan area, and it's always going to lead the state in infections and things like that. But like, I was surprised to see it change so fast here. Um, I know you guys in Kentucky, uh, John, you and I are hoping to go to a, a music festival here in a couple of weeks, and fingers crossed it doesn't get get kiboshed because of the fucking Delta variant. Um, if, you know, fortunately, since they're they're one of the uh, festivals and obviously a lot of music venue now are music venues now are requiring you know proof of vaccination or uh, right. PCR test. Um, 
within like I think 72 hours. I think is what they're requiring. So I feel fairly good about it. I think uh, they just recently uh, did a study on Lollapalooza, which is going to prob- was probably much bigger, and they came to the conclusion there was no widespread. Yeah, I, I read that. They they came to the conclusion there were only a couple hundred infections over the hundred thousand people. And I my first question was, how in the absolute shit do you know that? Like how how do you know that there are only this many? I mean, I guess they're estimating those those people that got tested within the city or something. But but that was my big my question marks. Like I don't yeah, know. I don't think that, you tested that is downtown 000 people. Chicago. So right. I, mean, um, uh, I don't think you tested hundred thousand people. But also, hey, fantastic if that was the extent of the spread of of uh, the delta the delta variant in downtown Chicago. I know everybody here was fucking petrified. Like everybody that lives in the outskirts of Chicago is like, oh god, like they yeah you know, didn't go into the city if they didn't have to. Some people live in the city, like took the weekend to go somewhere else. It was uh, not good, but yeah, it's I, I'm hoping like I, I've got a lot of hope here because, like you said, I want to go to Railbird. That's in Kentucky, um, Adam. I'm I'm hoping like the weekend week and a half after that to go to football game in Huntington. So I'm hoping like, huh? Go heard. Yeah, well, yeah, go hurt, but, like, I, I know a couple of our buddies are worried that the, the game will either be, like, restricted or canceled, but I, I personally don't see Jim Justice doing anything. Like, there's no there's no political motivation for him to do anything. I think we've all, like, as a nation, made peace with just, like, fuck it, we, we just internalized so many people are going to die, and we're not locking down or anything again. I think if there are restrictions, they'll be fairly limited. I know I listened to... Uh the interim AD Jeff O'Malley uh, do an interview. He was asked about COVID and he said, definitely probably not as wide open as we may have hoped originally. Um, but that it sounds like is, you know, full capacity and everything else is still expected at this point. So we'll see. There's, there's still time for that to change, obviously, but hopefully things will get better sooner than later. That's what I'm hoping. I, but I, yeah, I mean, I know, I know friends that are worried that, like, where we got an event inside the union, and they're thinking that that union will have to be either mass or, or reduced capacity. And I was like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. We, we've we've tried this, and we said, fuck it. We don't care. We're sure shit not going to do it a second time. Yeah, as a, as a vaccinated person, if I was a vaccinated person without a child, like children, I think I would be to the point that I don't care, knowing that I'm vaccinated. Um, unfortunately my, my kids can't get vaccinated yet. So that kind of puts, puts us in a a little strange area where we kind of have to look out for them, even though they're less likely to get ill, at least severely. Um, but, um, they're not, they're not getting the same opportunity as we have. So, well, okay. I don't have kids. Adam does not have kids that he knows of. John, you have kids. Um, you have two kids. Like I was just having this discussion quote unquote on a discussion on Facebook with a buddy and like he posted this stupid meme as like somebody explained to me why you can go to a restaurant and take off your mask while you're sitting at the table, but kids gotta have their have their mask on all day at school. I don't know what's going on here. I'm like, well, because they're different fucking situations. Like one, kids don't eat all day while they're in school and you generally don't spend seven and a half hours at a restaurant. Like apples and fucking oranges. He's like, I don't understand. It's like of course you don't understand. Like the people that refuse to have their kids wear a mask at this point, I just don't get it. I don't know where the fuck they're coming from. Other than that it's a 
Democratic face diaper that's there to control them in the New World Order or whatever. The, those assholes always say shit like that. But, but like the the regular, the regular like dude and mom, you know, the the soccer mom and soccer dad. I don't get it. They were also the you know the most adamant that schools be open and that yes, everybody goes. You've so. got to get you've got to get them in school or they will not wow. grow up to be pretty uh, un um, unadjusted people like you, I guess. Like, yeah, my my uh, my boss has two twin. I think they're fourth graders now. I think they just went in the fourth grade. Oh, so he's got uh, a spare. Yeah, pretty much. So in Kentucky. Um, with Find this past Wednesday was when school started. So, the you know, three days know last the week, and his kids are already quarantined because they somebody in their class right tested positive. So we're off to a wonderful start. Well, and and I mean, I've I've seen reports. I don't have the I don't have the citation up in front of me, but there's report of a of a woman whose whose child tested tested positive for COVID, and she sent him to school anyway. In effect, and and exposed like eighty people. Yeah, that all had to leave then and be, you know quarantine it's uh yeah i don't fucking get it i um so have you guys seen i want to show i want to show you this video have you guys seen this video from tennessee of so there's a school board meeting where they had doctors come in and talk to the school board and the school board eventually voted after hearing from the doctors eventually voted to require masks in their local public schools now this is an affluent uh suburb of tennessee and they there's all kinds of, of uh, video of them losing their shit inside, but um, all kinds of, okay, you guys can see my screen now? Probably, yep. you may have seen this, but there's all kinds of video of them, you know, just crazy queuing on shit. We're not wearing our masks, you know, if if, if uh, oh, Barack Obama can have a birthday without masks, my kids don't have to wear masks. Yeah, all that was inside, but when they left... They had a police escort to get the board members out of the car, and this is what we're looking at right here. After the meeting, um, and everybody will to hear that, but of course you guys on the podcast won't be able to see it, but um, so this is what happened. Yeah, no more masks. No mask something. No more masks. They're chasing them with their cars. Uh, yeah, there's a dude with a blue mohawk. I uh, don't know what that's about, but that's that's weird. Um, there's a guy in a black shirt that seems to be leading this. He's the one who said, like, you're going to hell, no more masks. You know, your child, your, your child uh, I think he said something about your child abuser. And everybody's and taking notes, buddy. Yeah, here, this Keep guy. That smug. Everybody's taking notes. So the cops get the board members to their cars. And right here, this last couple seconds is what kills me. We know, who you are. Let's we know who you are. We know who you are. Keep it calm. No, no mask. We're on these guys. All right. So this, this, his friend comes up and says, "Keep it calm. Keep it calm." Because this guy in the black shirt is, I guess, yelling at the cops too, and being, you know, he's being a dick regardless. So this other guy tells him to keep it calm, and like he'll, he'll say the cops are his friend, and we're not mad at the cops here. No, no, they're not. We're not on our side. Police are on our side. The police are on our side. Calm down. Yes. Calm down. We know who. All right, so then after they do that, he reaches around the cop to point in this board member's car's face and starts screaming. And we start screaming right here. This is we know who you are. We know who you are. You can leave freely, but we will find you, and we know who you are. You will never be allowed in public again. You will never be allowed in public again. You will never be allowed in public again. This is a part I love. 
the the board member in the car takes out their phone and starts recording these assholes. But like, all right, if somebody sets my house on fire, it's probably one of these guys. And the two guys outside the car just can't handle it. They put up their hands and cover their faces so that they can't be identified. You know, after the fact. You know, that shit is going on all over the country. I don't I don't know what the hell to tell. I don't know what the hell to think about it. Like, other than I hope you all get COVID so fucking hard. Jesus. Yeah. Well, in in recent months, Tennessee has kind of emerged as like the forefront of COVID bashittery. Um, <clears throat> if you if you missed the uh, Tennessee legislature's anti-vax caucus, essentially getting the uh, the state like public health director or whoever was in charge of the state's vaccination effort fired, uh, and then pushing the the executive branch in the state a step further to ban like any and all vaccine outreach efforts aimed at kids like not even just covid any and all vaccine outreach efforts uh, say hello to smallpox everybody <laughs> wait a minute do they really have an anti-vax caucus well i don't think it's an official caucus but it's enough of a presence within the republican legislative caucus in tennessee that they could put enough pressure on the governor to get the uh, state's public health director fired and like get the, uh, the the state's like youth vaccination outreach efforts completely put on hold. Like, that to me is insane. But on one hand, I kind of get that people think I mean, there are people that think that the Pfizer vaccine is not FDA approved. Technically not. It will be in like two weeks. They're going to prove it this in September. You know, um, that's that's more. I mean, I'm not a scientist. You are, but I'm not. But I'm I not think even that kind of scientist. Well, you're more of a scientist than I am. Um, I think that's more of an indictment of the FDA's vaccine approval system than it is of. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because I mean, everybody knows the COVID vaccines are safe. We just had for the past eight nine months the largest human trial mm -hmm. in the history yeah, of, of modern civilization. I mean, there, there's just no reason for this not to be fully approved at this point. And the, the only reason it isn't is because of a rigid adherence to bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. And if there's any occasion to cut that tape and say, look, this shit's fine and we don't have to jump through all the usual hoops. It's now. Well, and, and we, and they do that, 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 that they cut some of the red tape to get the emergency approval, but at that point, you gotta no, that's, that's have. Not, you gotta, that's not good enough for for these people. No, well, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think uh, Republicans liked bureaucratic red tape. <laughs> well, and I'll Weird. tell you, I mean, the thing that that strikes me is 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 funny is like all these people that are shouting those board members and saying, you know, I'm gonna find you. You can't come out in public. Like they voted for Trump. Like I bet my next shitty government paycheck that they voted for Trump, and you know. Donald Trump got both vaccines. He, now, this is what absolutely kills me. The fact that I can't Google and find out what vaccine the sitting president fucking had is is silly. I know that's his medical record, quote unquote. But like as the leader of the free world, one, he should have said, hey, I got fucking vaccinated. You guys need to get vaccinated. But two, he's been like, I took this one. It was fine. You know, whatever. But he had both doses, which means he had to take either Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine. Because the Johnson Johnson's one shot, right? So, bam, there you go. He, he basically was like, "Hey, let me make sure I get the second one before you kick me oh, out of here." Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. fun fact: um, he also couldn't have gotten Johnson and Johnson because 
he got vaccinated so early that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine wasn't out yet. Oh, okay. I didn't, Point. I didn't, I didn't know that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So he got it and he got both shots before any of them were of course fully FDA approved. So all of you conservative hogs can do the same fucking thing. You know, if he, if you think he should be reinstated uh, last Friday, then yeah, go get two shots, please. Just shut the fuck up. Like it just kills me. Um, now I don't think I'm going to surprise either of you by saying that there are a plethora of people that are um, approaching Donald Trump to help get him on board of a uh, vaccine outreach campaign, and he has said, no, I, I don't want to do Joe Biden a favor. It's like, well, one, I'm not surprised. Two, you're still a dick. And three, you you weren't gonna you weren't pro-vaccine outreach when you were the president. So now that you lost, you're certainly sure as shit not going to do anything to help out You know, people who, I guess, didn't vote for you and can't vote for you again. It must really cared him that he can't. I mean, give him credit, and in the sense that plenty of people still bring his name up, but he really doesn't have a voice anywhere whatsoever, and cannot really be the center of attention anymore. So, I hate um, that for him. Yeah, I hate that for him. Um, now, I, I, uh, if you guys want a really good example of that, so uh, there's two books that were written by the same two people. Um, I can good them real quick while I talk, so I'll give you their right names. But they wrote um, A Stable Genius, and um, all, uh, I Alone Can Fix It. Um, so, Carol Leoning and Phil Rucker. Um, so, they, they wrote both of those books. So now, the first one they wrote was, of course, uh, A Stable Genius. They wrote that at, towards the beginning of Donald Trump's um, presidency and, and categorized all of the just insane woo fuckery that was happening in the White House. Um uh, this last book, Only I Can Fix It, is basically a chronicle of the last year of his presidency and how, you know, just off the wall it was. Just like, you know, we go from we're going to stick flashlights in people's butts and have them inject bleach to, you know, you know, the wall to election to the election uh, loss and then the, the uh, woo fuckery with Mike Lindell, which we're definitely going to talk about here in a second. But they did a great uh, interview or she did. I'm sorry. Um, she did a. Um, Leoning did a great interview with Sam Cedar on the Majority Report about this last book. And one of Sam Cedar's questions, like, right out of the gate was, like, how the hell did you get access to him to write this second book? Because after they wrote the first book, he spent, what, a year and a half calling them losers and lightweights and idiots, you know? Like, they wrote this book that showed how much of an idiot he was. And, you know, so of course he didn't like it, so he spent the year and a half doing what he does, calling them names on Twitter until he got kicked off. And they said... Well, you would be really fucking surprised, but all we had to do was call Mar-a-Lago and say we wanted to interview the president, and he said, come on down. He's that star for attention that he would even have the losers and the lightweights come down. And she also discussed how he um, how he framed their arrival. They told him, they told told He told them to meet him in the uh, lobby at Mar-a-Lago at 5 p.m., and that's when all the, the club members are walking through the lobby to go to the dinner. And so, like... He wanted to be seen there being interviewed by, you know, the press while everybody walked by, which is in 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 a sense it completely predictable for Trump. But in another sense, like you're a past president, that's a very fucking small club. Like the fact that you've got to like show like the the guests at Mar-a-Lago that pay you money to be around you, like hey, look, I still got juice. It's pretty fucking funny. Well, think think about even while he was president, all the shit that you know. He did, and then he would still do interviews with, like, Bob Woodward, which, I mean, oh, yeah. if you're a sitting president and have done some shit, that's probably not who you want to uh, speak right. to. 
Or just not let him wander around the White House, like, talking yeah. to people and recording stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys follow... Well, the other thing from that interview that really jumped out at me is um, Leoning said... I'm, I hope I'm not saying her name wrong, but I think I am Leoning. No. Um, but she uh, she said, she was like, so, like, the, what was your takeaway with the, the election stuff? Like, the election, you know, the big lie, quote-unquote. And she said, now, listen, I'm not a, like, not a psychic or anything I, i'm not a police detective I don't, I don't really know if somebody's lying or not but i can tell within 90 percent if somebody's trying to bullshit me just in general trying to bullshit me so and she was like when donald trump told us that he had won the 2020 election she was like i caught no hint of uh, like uh, any uh, anxiety or anything like he just told us he won the election so like she said that either he's become a very good liar in the last year and a half or he has just convinced himself 100 percent that he won the 2020 election I think it would be the second one. I think it, like he's had him. He's told himself and had people like Mike Lindell and OEN tell him he won the election so much. He's like, "Fuck it, I believe it." I'd I'm say sold. both, but I think he didn't get where he was by not being a liar, among other things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure he can. By that point, he'd convinced himself, or had Pillow Guy, right, right, uh, convince him. Now we we will talk about Pillow Guy because I have I have I, I could even if you you guys weren't available I might just sit here and talk into this microphone about how dumb the the Mike Lindell symposium was myself because I, I love yeah. everything about it. I love everything about it but before we talk about that I'm gonna talk about uh you know Adam's favorite person um, and political situation you know now that we've gotten rid of Andrew Cuomo after Governor Cuomo has resigned miraculously after he's, you know, everybody thought he wouldn't, um, the Republican Party has, of course, turned their focus to Matt Gates and having him resign. Is that right, Adam? Am I, am I paraphrasing what's happening right now? Is, is that a report from an alternate universe where uh, the Republican Party has retained its uh, 90s era Puritanism? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this is a dispatch from the past. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I mean, surely it's coming any day, though, right? Right, right, right. Well, one of the things that has uh, has happened since uh, Shay and I last talked about Matt Gates, alleged tra- sex trafficker, alleged, allegedly sex trafficked minors for sex, um, is that his buddy Greenberg has apparently turned over, um, has turned over several years and several years several years of communications that is that uh includes several thousand texts and videos god only knows what's in those videos but i want to read for you guys and i know i know adam uh, has has heard this text but this is an actual text that greenberg sent um uh that sent uh, greenberg sent He's talking to an escort here, and so Greenberg says, "I have a friend flying in. How much for? How much of an allowance will you be requiring?" A smiley face. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. Ooh, 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 that's gross. Um, so then the escort re- replies, four hundred dollars per meet." Greenberg replies. Um, he sends her a picture of Mac Ace and says, uh, "My friend, he knows the deal." Um, so that that's an actual exchange, and we know that they have the. Um, that's an actual exchange between uh, Greenberg and Matt Gates, and we know that they have the, um, I believe it was Venmo and Cash App, or was it Cash App? I think it was Cash App receipts from this shit. So, holy shit. Like, I thought this story was pretty pretty slam dunk before, but, like, do we have to have a video of him actually, like, penetrating uh, a, a woman for money before they're going to throw his ass out? 
I don't know who this escort is. I hope to Christ she's of age, first of all, because if not, we're talking about another victim. Well, I mean, considering, you know, the, all the cash app and basically who's broadcasting all this to the interwebs. Yeah. There very well could be video, but. Hey, Chief, I lost you there for about 20 seconds. That's all right. We were just, uh, I was just asking, like, hopefully we don't have video of this, but I, I thought this was a open and shut case before we had text of them saying, how much, how much can I pay this lady to bang her? Because we're just one t- text away from that at this point. It's amazing. I, 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 I can't, I like, I understand the Republicans outrage for Cuomo and all his horseshit because the Democratic Party was right there with him. They were like, yeah. Resign. Nobody wants you here. You suck. You know, you you uh, campaigned as, as a champion for the left and 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 liberal policies and, and ran very not so much like that. Just you just took care of yourself and the people you could raise money for. Uh, and the second all this came out, the 11 women that, that Cuomo is, is accused of, of sexually harassing, some of them physically, <clears throat> which could lead into misdemeanors and felonies in, in uh, federal court, you know. I didn't know one Republican. I'm sorry, I didn't know one Democrat that was like, you know what? He should really get a second chance here. They were like, fuck him. Yeah, there, there, there were no Democrats saying, like, this is a witch hunt by the conservative media. Cuomo has been framed. Yeah, yeah. All... <laughs> we, we need to stand up for Cuomo to own the conservatives. Like, yeah. that's not a discourse that yeah. happens. Somebody sued Dominion over this. Don't know why, but somebody that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep in mind that, like, I think it was a couple of years ago, I believe it was Katie Hill, who was a congresswoman mm-hmm. out of California, who was forced to resign because uh, she was basically revenge a swinger. Porn. Yeah, a, a swinger and got caught up in a revenge porn yeah, where, where she, uh, incident. Her, her consensual adult activities got outed and she had to resign. Yeah. Right. It's weird how it's... that happened. Well, and I always go back to, to almost David Vitter. women are treated differently. Yeah, it's almost like that, John. Um, uh, actually, Rachel Maddow did a really great like ten minutes on how like all of the women that will be running New York are doing it because all of the shitty men that were before them shat the pan- shat the bed with all of these horrendous sex scandals, and it's like imagine a world where women can get these positions just based on their merits and not have to wait for men to actually uh, you know sexually assault other women. And it's like yeah, that'd be nice. I dream of a I dream of a day when women can be elected to positions of power and sleaze their way into having to resign and be replaced by underrepresented men. There you go. <laughs> let's let's flip the, let's flip the story here. You know, flip, flip the coin. Um, yeah, it's 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 wild. And um, the one I always go back to is David Vitter. Uh, <clears throat> he was a senator. I want to say from Missouri. I might be making that up. Louisiana. Louisiana. But uh, yeah, he was the one that was you know he, we should we should hang uh, Bill Clinton for having a blowjob while he was banging hookers wearing diapers like I mean, that was, and it, then and then he ran for governor and resulted and that resulted in the first Democratic governor in the Deep South since yeah. the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will never forget David Vitter's Senator David Vitter's wife Senator Vitter. His wife stood b- beside him when he did that press conference. And like, if you would have handed her a, you know, a two by four, I bet you she would have just splintered it, just like snapped it in half. She like, she was so fucking mad, but she's just sat there with like, you could almost watch her try to keep her face blank and not punch a hole through the back of his head. It was great. Listen, I'm not married, but I hope that if I ever am, I marry a woman who would not just stand there 
while I talked about my affairs with prostitutes on national TV. Right. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, you walk out there as a senator and you tell your security de- details like you're going to need to cuff her, okay? Because she's going to come out swinging. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, my wife and I have had that, have that, had that discussion. She was like, you know, she likes to get a couple drinks in her and do the what if. And she's like, you know, what if I cheated on you? I was like, I would divorce you. And she was like, oh, like you, you just said you cheated on me. And she's like, well, but you're not going to give me a second chance. Like, no, no. And she was like, and I, and I explained to her very clearly. I was like, I'm never going to be the guy that's always wondering who you're banging. So if you want to go bang somebody to do you know, I'm not, I'm going to do that. And so these political women that um, stand beside these men, like you said, that have to discuss in detail their their affairs with, with prostitutes while they're wearing diapers, while they sit there very quietly, it, it amazes me. And um, But it's actually, it's no, it's, it's it doesn't amaze me because I've, I've read reports in political science um, papers that explain that because it's part of the, um, ooh, a phenomenon. Do I want to use the word phenomenon of conservative women who defend conser- their conservative political husbands or, you know, counterparts that don't stand up for anything they, you know, anything about them. You know, that the their conservative husbands would consider them chattel in a heartbeat, but they 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 support them because through them they get a reflection of that power. There, there's there's also women who, like in. In the case of New York with Cuomo, that like we're aware of the harassment and the actions, and basically um, ignored it to better themselves, uh, mm-hmm. I think politically or yeah. even socially. And but there's something to be said that for females who basically are. Uh, well, I mean, this isn't the group to, to have a discussion. I was going to say, right. let's let three white dudes decide but, what, what is and isn't but, sexual yeah, harassment. I, I, I certainly bring it up as just a, a real thing that happened, that there were people who enabled it who also were female. And it kind of goes with your whole thing of that they're female who apparently just do not draw a line there, um, yeah. even when it's their own spouse. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they know that they have more um, effectiveness and more relevancy if their husband is the governor of a state, then they would if he was, you know, the House representative or something. So they, you know, the, the fact that he, their husband might be calling for them, you know, you know, you got these people that are, are you know, uh, a hard sneeze away, away from saying that women shouldn't have the right to vote. And they've got their wife, you know, at their, at their, at their elbow at every press conference. It's like, you know, that lady knows what she's doing. Like, or or they might be like the fucking Duggars or something. They might be part of the Quiverful movement where they literally believe that women should have no agency outside of their husband and the marriage to their husband. So, like, you know, that's a thing, too. That's a thing, too. But I don't think that happens a lot in, in, in our politics. But ugh, it's so creepy. So fucking creepy. All right. Well, I hope fucking Matt Gates goes to prison forever. Um, that's more of that story. I'll All be right. right back. Guys, got to talk about Michael Lindell's symposium because it's so much fun. <laughs> and I think it leads into a bigger discussion that um, Adam and I have had, uh, you know, little snippets on Facebook about why the Republican Party is pushing all of these voter suppression laws. And it stems from this horseshit that Mike Lindell is doing. They're using that as a reason. And so 
I'm gonna give you a rundown of some fun information here. Guys, jump in whatever you want. Stop me if you don't if you're if you're not um, familiar with something. But our buddy Mike Lindell had a three day symposium and um I don't even know where it was. Seth fucking matter where it was. I think it was South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. All right. Um, at one point, somebody made a joke that it was it was pretty close to the uh, Sturgis Biker Rally, and they were hoping to get some some uh, overflow from that, but I don't think that happened. Because it, it kind of geographically sort of was. Yeah. Um, so Mike Lindell had a three day had a held a three day uh, cyber symposium. I'm sorry, quote unquote, uh, to prove how election. Uh, I'm sorry, how China stole the election from the 2020 election from Trump. Uh, he promised to give everybody the uh, quote-unquote packet capture data that he had that he said showed that China had hacked all the voting machines and the voting systems and your smartphone and your smart toilet and everything to flip all the votes from Bi- uh, from Trump to Biden and that Bi- uh, Biden should have lost to Trump like 67 million to 81 million votes. So like, they have a hard number here, so that's fun. Um, the packet capture data that he would always show on these on – these, um, I always show on these interviews he would do where he yells completely not on cocaine um, is uh, is literally hexadecimal code for uh, Pennsylvania's voter rolls, which uh, all three of us can buy online for twenty dollars. So this is public information. You just have to pay the fee to have it printed out and they will send it to you. Well, some dickhead got it and uh, converted it to hexadecimal. So it looks cool. And um, that's what Mike Lindell said proves that Donald Trump won the election. Um, at the start of the symposium, quote unquote, technical delays or cyber attacks, uh, pushed it back an hour. They just had really shitty streaming service and the stream actually went down for like two thirds of the day on Thursday. Like I I checked it at like 11 my time and it was just done. It never came back up and he blamed that on Antifa. Um, so that, that was cool. Um, uh, at one point he said Antifa had in, had infiltrated the event and they were outside waiting or something. And one of the, one of the guys, Oh, uh, Jack or not Jack, Zach something. Or other, I'll have to look him up on Twitter. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a reporter with salon. He is like, well, uh, guess if Antifa's here, I should go out and check. And he goes outside and there's just like half a dozen people singing hymns outside. And he's like, well, uh, that, that was uh, a letdown. Um, but so that's what, so we, we started off with that. Um, during one point of it, they interviewed Ron Watkins. Do you guys know who? Do you guys know who Ron Watkins is? Isn't he the guy that turned out to be Q? Pretty much. He uh, in in the HBO documentary. Well, wasn't he, came, he on the screen? Like wasn't yeah. he like remoted in? Yeah, he remoted in. He lives in. He lives in. Um, oh shit! Not Tokyo, Taiwan. I believe he lives in Taiwan. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was he he pretty much outed himself as Q during the. Uh, HBO documentary in like into the into the the queue or whatever, and um, I forget the name of that. I watch it; it's pretty good. It's really good. But at the end of it, he's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, we just need somebody to roll up Trump's voters." Like I've been doing it for two years now. It's kind of and he like basically said like I've been talking to Normies, getting them into this, and then like he stopped, paused, and smiled, and they're like, "You fucking said it there. You just you just almost said it." And so he, he stopped talking. But no, that guy's Q. He's pretty pretty sure of his Q. So he called in. Uh, said a bunch of bullshit. On Monday, Lindell swore that he was going to stay on stage for 72 hours and you know nobody's going to go to lunch or anything. And uh, as guys, I know all three of you have been to academic and professional conferences. Can you imagine how pissed off you'd be if they, they said like they didn't call a break for lunch? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pissed about anything that goes over 45 minutes at a time because <laughs> I get cranky. He sounds in the 46th minute of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. 
I haven't even been paying attention. Are we on the forty six minute? Was that was that a timing? Uh, I ain't up forty one. Fuck you. Ah man. Um God. We'll get there. But um no, yeah. So he said that like, yeah, we're gonna sit here the whole time. If you guys wanna go eat, go eat. I'm gonna stay here, whatever. Well, he promptly left the stage when uh it was um Washington Post uh broke the news that the three billion lawsuit three billion dollar lawsuit against him, um Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani was allowed to go forward. So he, he like promptly got up, left the stage. So that was fun. When he finally comes back, he, he actually they actually tried to put up the um, the data. Now, to be very clear, do, do you guys know what a red team is? Yes. Have you ever heard that term? You know, John, you know what a red team is? I don't think so. A red, would you like to explain that, or would you like me to? Yeah, it's uh, before a news story that's particularly contentious uh, goes into print, um, they put together a team of journalists within the journalistic outlet uh, that, and, and their job is to try and punch holes in the story and, and find right. its weaknesses and show anything that needs to be patched up or, or if it's particularly egregious, a reason they shouldn't run the story. Makes sense. And, yeah, and, and they are, and they are, they are journalists that are specifically kept out of the dark of the research of the story. Because when you're doing the research yourself, it's easy to lead yourself to a conclusion, you know, A, B, C, you know. Um, it's easy to make a logical fallacy between A and B and, and get to C where you shouldn't have gotten to C. So the, the, the journalists on the red team are kept out of the loop so they can see it all fresh and then try to poke holes in the logic of the story or whatever, like Adam was saying. Um, so Michael Lindell paid for his own red team, and the red team said that there was no there there. They couldn't make heads or tails of anything because they weren't given any of the data. This is one of the fun things. Michael Lindell, like these guy, this guy, uh, Josh Merritt, who's an actual cybersecurity expert that was hired by, hired by Michael Lindell to do this, he said that when they showed up, they expected to get a pile of raw data because Michael Lindell said he had 37 tear. Excuse me, 37 terabytes of, of election data. They expected to be just handed a raw pile of data, you know, all these flash drives and hard drives and everything, and not be able to make heads or tails of it in the time that they were allowed during the, the cyber symposium. Um, they were actually showed nothing. Uh, it was all, everything they were even allowed to look at was just uh, general uh, metadata. The data that uh, Mike Lindell had, he would only show on the big screen. Now, I don't know if you guys have done anything with Excel ever. It's the way I always use Excel or do any type of number crunching is I put it up on a big screen and then I just look at it. I just stare at it. I don't do anything with the computer myself. I just look at it. But, um, and Mike Lindell said he would not give up the, uh, his data because, um, he didn't want the MSM, you know, mainstream media to corrupt it and make it into fake news, blah, blah, blah. So he just wouldn't give it up. Well, in, um, in, in reality, if you, if you think about it, if you have this big wealth of information, it's almost like free business if you just handed it over to the media because there would be such a capacity to go through it and find all this different stuff if it existed. Right. Um, and also, it would be illegal for him to have the data he said he had. That's also true. He's, he's um, really counting. Right. So, so I walked into this whole thing knowing that it was horseshit. The whole thing was complete horseshit. Alex Jones was supposed to go there 
and then he was supposed to go there and be one of the guest speakers. Like, he just didn't go. He, he On his show, he said, like, so the plane I was going to fly, he was going to fly there the night before the, he was going to fly there, I guess, Monday night. And he was like, well, the night before, uh, my plane broke down. I uh, couldn't get another flight till the next morning. So I saw that as a sign just to stay here with my family and my crew. It's like, you knew this was really bad. Yeah, well, he was probably hungover, and he probably, he was like, well, this is going to be a bunch of horse shit. I don't need to go. Which is kind of funny because Mike Lindell is pushing his pillows hard on Infowars. Like, he's, uh, there's, if you look it up right now, discount code Alex. Swear to fuck Christ. Uh, Mike Lindell is on his shit on, on Infowars. So, Seems like a sign that maybe my pillow's not in the, the shape it used to be. That and Infowars. Yes, funny, I agree. Funny what happens when you embrace, like, when you, like, publicly embrace weirdo conspiracy theories. I, I I've always thought it was a good business model. I don't know about you. you know, <laughs> I thought it was a good business model. It, it can be good for a period of time. Until... Oh yeah, I'm sure Mike Lindell, like when he when when he was banned from, um, oh he's been kicked off Twitter for a while now, right? Well, I was gonna say Jim Jim Baker made a lot of money there for a while. Yeah, he's still fucking making money. He went to prison and got out to making money. Yeah, now yeah. he sells you know a lot of survivalists. <laughs> yeah, he does. He big <laughs> vats of cheesy rice. Um, the um, the one that well, he recently Jim Baker recently. If those of you who are not familiar, this Jim Baker did a bunch of sleazy shit back in like the fuck eighties and nineties. Yeah, my my grandmother gave him a. Shit oh yeah. Rachel's grandmother too. They had to. They had to take her checkbook. She kept sending Jim Baker fucking money, um, but like he was running up. He was one. Of the, he was one of these seed faith guys. You know, give me a thousand dollars and you will reap fifty thousand dollars. Blah blah blah. But he also built a, a like a, a faith based uh, like Disneyland, and like oversold all the room. Like he would sell you a lifetime membership to the and you'd always have a room. But he like oversold him by a thousand percent. Yeah, she's sleep. It's absolutely sleep. Fuck it. So then, so we, then when he gets out of prison, he has to act right. like the zombies are coming. Right. Right, right. So he's got to do the, the the food preparedness and all that. And he recently got hit because one of his his um, oh um, colloidal silver—that's the word. Um, one of his colloidal silver products he had said would cure COVID, and he just flat out said that on the air. And they climbed right up his ass and told him to stop saying that. And he had to pay like hundred thousand dollars fine for. It. So he's still doing that shit, but at least he's not going to jail. He's just paying fines now. Um, but yeah, so. So that's that's a business model that we can talk about. Now, I knew this entire cyber symposium was going to be horseshit, but I, I tuned in every now and then just listened to these guys. There's like a really great quote from one guy. He's like, he they've got a, a like a, a the big screen's full of numbers. He's like, listen, I don't know what any of these numbers mean. Must be. But I know that he's like, I don't know what all these numbers mean. But I've been reporting on the election since November third, and it's time for the mainstream media to stop fact checking us and just put this out there. And I was like, that's a great quote. That's a good one. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, you're really thinking about this, but the 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 piece de resistance that happened during this was it came out that the source of Mike Lindell's data that he has been squawking about for the last you know six months or whatever to fucking what is it two hundred and three days, um, is that the data he got came from a Dennis L Montgomery. Does that name ring a bell to either of you guys? Dennis Montgomery. Nope. No. John? No. All right. 
Well, let me just tell you how much of a piece of shit Dennis Montgomery is and why nobody should have even taken, uh, you know, a fucking ice cream cone from this guy, let alone data that got you sued for $3 billion. Dennis Montgomery is a con artist from way back. Back in the uh, early 2000s, he, his, um, his co- he created a company that was called Etrepid Technologies, and they sold software to the federal government that said that they could decode hidden barcodes that were played on Al Jazeera. Then these hidden barcodes gave them longitude and latitude numbers of terrorist strikes that would happen in the United States. Um, so he sold this the software company to he sold this software to the United States. They all the way up to the line to the the um, uh, Department of Defense and the, the chair of uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff there. He thought it was a really great idea, so they bought into this. Uh, the software was basically a random, random numbers generating program, and it worked off of barcodes on Al Jazeera that did not exist. The entire thing was complete horseshit. But we raised and lowered our terror threat based on shit this guy said in the software. It wasn't until later when, when some, some experts in the French government looked at it and they're like, this is complete horseshit. So uh, they, they looked into him and he had a long history of fraud before this. But like this affected us, like the three of us. Like flights were canceled and delayed. Buildings were, buildings were evacuated because of the terror warnings this dickhead came up with out of sheer nothing. So he did that. He sold, he, uh, I, I don't know the number, the, the, what he got paid off the top of my head, but it was millions of dollars. He, you, know, you can look it up right now. You, um, there's a uh, book about it called The Man That Conned the Pentagon. And he got millions of dollars from the Pentagon for doing this shit. Uh, Sounds about uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dennis Montgomery was also the guy. Now I know you guys will know this. Have you heard of Hammer and Scorecard? That's that's technically, or I'm sorry, that's that's what um, Rudolph Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell says. That was the supercomputer that tracked the votes that went over to you know Germany or China and were flipped and brought back. Hammer and Scorecard was allegedly made by this guy. So he made a, ficti- a second fictitious program that uh, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell are getting sued for billions over. So they're, they're always citing him. Like, this guy does this all the time. So, like, they... Anybody who knows this guy's name should know just to run the other direction because he's completely full of shit and it's going to get you in trouble. Fun fact, he's been a long-time source for Alex Jones... So on that Friday, when Alex Jones had to admit that the cyber symposium was a complete turd, uh, he was like, yeah, they got the data from this guy. And everybody knows this guy is complete full of shit. Like he, but for 40 minutes or so that Alex Jones talked would not say the name Dennis Montgomery because he knows that I can Google Alex Jones, you know, Dennis Montgomery InfoWars. And, and there's like 20 minutes of him sitting there talking to Alex about how, you know, the globalists are going to do this. Like he has been a source for Alex Jones for fucking years. And Alex Jones just spent the whole show going like, yeah, he's full of shit. He even listed all the things he did that was full of shit, but would not say his name. It was fantastic. So uh, that's that was where all the data that we've done this whole thing came from. It was complete horseshit. All of it was made up out of sheer nothing. And um, did you see all the stuff about how he said he was brutally attacked because some guy got his picture taken with him and uh, fingered his armpit? Yeah, well, it was a very dramatic poke. Apparently, apparently, it turned into he was assaulted by three men. But like his his description of it was the guy gave like dug his finger right in you know there. <laughs> I, well, I heard that he had been like quote unquote roughed up, 
And then the description of the altercation outside of his hotel had had had, had um, then been refined to an aggressive poke. Now, first of all, that's a great band name. I don't give a shit who you aggressive, are. Yeah, aggressive poke would be a good like you know. Well, I saw another name. thing. Some somebody said that he claimed it was a martial arts pressure point move. Oh God. <laughs> God, Mike Lindell, please don't, please don't go away. Please don't do that much coke. Stay with us. Stay with us. You're, He's supposed to be clean, though, right? You're too precious. You're too precious to to to, to die. Um, yeah, I, I heard that it went from. I didn't hear the pressure point thing, but I heard that it went from an aggressive poke to he was attacked outside of his hotel room by Antifa, and it escalated to a point where the the Sioux Falls. Is that where we're talking about Sioux Falls, yeah. South Dakota? Sioux Falls police came and and talked to the hotel and Lindale and his people, and they followed a police report. And like there were sure those there were, guys were glad they were there. Yeah, I don't think there were any injuries. Like he described three people, he couldn't describe them that well because he of course made them up. Um, he he didn't show any injuries because he was there were probably a hundred of other ones just like them there. Right, right. He he uh, he um couldn't describe you know couldn't describe the assailants because he made him up uh he couldn't show any damage because he was just tickled in his armpit a little bit you know it was it was it was that it, yeah I, I heard it went as far as the police report now i will say that um this zachary pinto i believe his name is on twitter um um uh pets oh god pets rio p-e-t-r-i-z-z-o um, he works for Salon. Uh, he spent the whole three days there, and he did a nice. He does. He did a nice like, um, you know, minute by minute, day by day, like just like, hey, I'm not here to like make fun of these guys. I'm just gonna tell you what's going on. And he would tweet out. Um, he would tweet out like pictures of the the floor, how empty it was, because like after about the second day, the people that were there for like actually thought so there was some shit, and Mike Lindell didn't have that. They all laughed. You know, they left. But there were enough people there that. Um, uh, this uh, salon reporter, when he went to the Sioux Falls airport, he was bumped from the flight because all the people were hauling ass. And he he made a point to to talk about that on on a podcast. That he's like, yeah, they they were not out celebrating after this thing. They weren't like you know high fiving each other and doing shots because they've just you know overturned the Biden administration. They all got the fuck out of Sioux Falls with me. And uh, there were enough of them to bump me from the flight. So American Airways, he's like, they gave me twelve hundred dollars in a free hotel room, so I'm fine. You know, he, you know, he was talking about, it, but like. There was no, you know, collective hug afterwards. They they knew they fucked up. So, uh, oh, and the one thing, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen this, but um, there was a math expert that went around on OAN. Um, there was a new Dominion lawsuit uh, that was dropped. When was this? July 1st? No, I'm sorry, August 10th. Uh, a new that that first day uh, a new Dominion excuse me a new Dominion lawsuit was dropped and it in it um, included Fox News OAN Newsmax and one of the people mentioned in the lawsuit was a guy um, do 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 Ed Solomon uh, he claims to be a mathematician uh, I uh, we were talking about this before we started recording I've looked through his work I'm not a mathematician. Uh, I'm a physicist, um, but I couldn't see anything cool in his math, and he used a lot of the wrong terms. Like, he does not know what a vector is. He just uses that for everything. Uh, but he apparently was a uh, swing set installer. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds professional. I can, I, I can throw a lot of professional math words out at you. They don't mean anything. Um, kind of like Adam can probably lawyer talk the shit out of us and not, not say anything. Uh, 
I think that's why lawyers most of the time try to uh, litigate. He's like, uh, I don't Adam, know what that's supposed to mean. Adam just files amazing briefs and wins, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All the time. Absolutely. Just come <laughs> to an agreement. Just Let's just get over this. He, th- he throws down a brief and he's like, motherfuckers, try me. Um, but yeah, so this this Ed Solomon, I, I had been sitting clips of this guy before, and he is just ridiculously just incoherent has no he's very very excited that he's developed a thing called ratio which is one number divided by another number and there's no calculus involved yeah well it's there's no calculus involved in any of the math he shows it's it's just all now like i said before we start recording if there's some weird number theory that i'm not um you know like things like you know if you add up one over one over x plus blah, 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 till infinity it, it sums to 1.5 like there's there's things like that but i didn't see anything that in his work it just looks like nonsense and to buttress my claim that he's an idiot uh he has no math degree he's never taken uh any form of math training i think he took a couple classes i took some classes and like i told you before i've forgotten more math than i've been taught but this guy was a swing set installer when he apparently went on oan and and, and proved all this for them and Dominion told them very specifically, stop showing this fucking clip or we will sue the shit out of you. And they did not. They they took it off their page, their their main page and everything. But apparently, now this is what news, legitimate news sites do. They put stuff on Rumble, right? Because apparently their, their launch page on Rumble still has this fucking clip of this guy on there, which... I think that entire scenario is fun for me. I'm fine. Like, if you, if that's you even still outlet, a thing. Right, yeah. If you're a news outlet and can't get your shit on uh, YouTube and you have to go to Rumble, which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, now is the sole platform of Donald Trump and Dan Bongino. Who I figured took that was the th- official platform of the Taliban. Well, yes. It, it's, it's, it, 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 it's finding its feet there, yes. Um, but I always, I always love it when they do this shit because, like, Dan Bongino, who took over most of Rush Limbaugh's radio stations, like, he's a big investor in Rumble. And, like, they recently announced that their terms of service is going to be pretty much like YouTube's because they can't let all that, you know, hey, I'm going to saw your head off bullshit stay on there. And uh, Dan, Dan Bongino is real fucking pissed. So is the guy from Gab, apparently. Ga- the guy from Gab is like, yeah, you guys aren't real free speech. You should go in our place where all the Nazis go. There's another one. I forget what it's called, but it's like there were some headlines a while back that it, because it had hewed so closely to that whatever you post goes line, that it had become like a haven for like ISIS propaganda. Yeah. They always bite off more than they can chew. Oh, shit. That's not Gab. That's. Oh, that's Getter. Getter, yes. Getter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They're not going to stop. I mean,. It's hard to keep track because it's like they, they keep coming back like this is going to be the one and then they it's the same story well, over and over. Yeah, I read a while back and this makes sense to me that a big reason all of these like, oh, this is Twitter for conservatives with free speech efforts keep failing is because it's boring. Like there are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like there are no libs to own. No. It's just an echo chamber. Um, they can then right. they can't say they're being persecuted, either. right? And that that's a big yeah. thing of the right is to be the persecuted. Like the the problem is that because, like Twitter and Facebook, their moderation efforts are to make their platform like palatable for mainstream people. 
to make money. But, yeah, but <laughs> like when, when you're trying to run this like deliberately edgy platform with a bunch of like terrorist propaganda and threats of violence and porn all over it, like you're not appealing to a mainstream audience, so you're not going to have a mainstream sized customer base, and it's just going to fail like the last one. Yeah, it's there. I believe I read the same report you did, Adam, and it was that the whenever one of these new thing launches, they all move to it because they're like, oh, this is where I've got, I'll have my free speech. Well, first of all, they weren't persecuted on the last one, the last three or whatever they were. They weren't persecuted at all. But they get there and they realize that they're literally in a circle jerk. They're all telling each other how awesome Donald Trump is. And there's no normies to school. You know, there's no libs to own. There's nobody convert to. There's nobody convert to the to the you know the MAGA. You know, they realize the, the person crowd. that's just like them is an asshole and piece of shit. Well, God, I would that you know it's kind of like you know how like you go in a bathroom and they have two mirrors facing each other so it goes to infinity. You know, sometimes I love watching those two like those two conservative people that that realize like they didn't re- they don't realize they just they like accidentally started talking past each other and they're not talking about the same thing and they're just fucking arguing for the rest of the night. And you're like, guys, like I can tell you. I can point to the place where you guys just want, you know, veered off on each other. But uh, no, yeah, Adam, I, I agree wholeheartedly. They get on there, but and they get bored because there's no, no, you know, there's no normies to convert to QAnon or whatever it is or ISIS. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's pretty cool with the fact that Donald Trump should be president. Um, speaking of which, the uh, Cyber Symposium was supposed to make the Supreme Court. Uh, now, Adam, as a lawyer, you know that the Supreme Court pays attention to symposiums run by pillow guys oh um, daily that's like i mean there's there's god what is it there's stay courts there's appeal courts and then you go to the supreme court right don't they don't they put no. like a single justice on that what's, like, what's, what's the list put their entire time on symposiums whatever the list is the way around that is symposium oh okay right? i was gonna say yeah. do, do you really want me to give like a civil procedure 101 lecture on the the hierarchy of the <laughs> systems <laughs> I know it. I know it would get me excited, but let's just save everybody that. But there, there, there is a legal hierarchy. But you can just go around it with a symposium and go right to the Supreme Court, right? And Makes uh, sense. yeah. So believe it or not, we're all sitting here, and Donald Trump is not the president. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I get texts and emails from Frank Speech all the time because I, I think I had to sign up to get access to the feed or whatever. And he texts me, he's like, "Hey, really appreciate you supporting me." Uh, here's a you know a new my pillow code and and I'm going live at 6 p.m. and I just respond to all of them like eat shit I just keep responding eat shit and after a while they'll block you I don't know who manages this but after a while they'll block you because they'll notice that a I haven't bought any my pillow stuff and I just keep responding eat shit so it happens all right so Donald Trump's not president. But the Republican Party is, is going to use the fact that he did not win the 2020 election and most of the bullshit nonsense that Mike Lindell brought up to post pass some very real voter suppression laws. And John, John and uh, Adam jump in whenever I say something wrong or something you want to um, elaborate on. So as of now, since January 1st, as of like January 5th, July 15th, 2021, Eight states, 18 states have enacted 30 laws restricting the access to the vote. Ten of the states have shifted power from um, nonpartisan election uh, boards to partisan election um, entities that control them. Uh, Kentucky, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona, 
Montana, Kansas, and Arkansas have done this. Um, this is the thing where when Donald Trump called, uh, made that call that I can't believe was recorded to the Georgia Secretary of State and required him to find what was it, 11,780 votes or some, something silly like that. He had a number. He had an exact number. Um, if these laws were in place, the election board and the Secretary of State that told him to fuck off would not have had the power to do that. They had been shifted to a partisan. They had, it was shifted to the partisan control of the legislature in, in those eight states. Um, as we sit right now, Texas Democrats are under, I believe, arrest warrants, and they're they're in uh, the te- the. Oh, I'm going to say this, and, and Adam should correct me. The Attorney General of Texas has issued arrest warrants for the Democrats that have fled to D.C. Am I saying that yes. right? Well, it's yep. not not the Attorney General, the the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, okay. Um, so yeah, the uh, Democrats, uh, Texas Democrats, have fled DC and are, I'm sorry, fled Texas and are hanging out in DC to deny Texas uh, Republicans a quorum so they can pass their voting suppression laws. Um, you know, the For the People's Act SB one would fix so much of this. Also, reinstating the Voting Rights Act would would fix so much of this. I would love to abolish the filibuster, but we can have that debate later. Um, this is nothing new. Um, I want to play some. Uh, what, a good quote I have is from uh, Jason Kander. You guys, you guys, are familiar with him? He did podcasts on the uh, last podcast. Oh shit, wrong network. Um, oh shit, I'm blanking. It's it's perfect confirmation bias for me. Uh, Pod Save America, their network. He had a he had a, a podcast on there, um, and he had a great quote. He said, "The GOP puts hurdles in front of voting, and then puts hurdles in front of those hurdles, and then if they can find another hurdle, they'll put it there." And that's what these voter rights laws are doing. You know, voter ID, uh, changing the days you can vote, restricting the times that you can vote. Um, I can, we can list them all out, but uh, everybody should go to the BrendanCenterForJustice.org and you can look through all the different changes of each one of these uh, voter laws in all of the 18 states. Let's see if I can summarize some of this for you guys. Do, do, do. We're talking about shortening the window, apply for a mailing ballot, shorten the deadline to deliver your ballot, make it a harder to obtain voter ID, uh, voter ID, uh, voting absentee voting rights, uh, limit or eliminate um, ballot locations, restricting ass- assistance to vote by mail, eliminate or limit sending ballots to voters who do not spe- spe- specifically request them. So, you know, you send a, a, a voter ID, I'm sorry, mail and votes out, but just to whoever is registered, uh, stricter uh, signature requirements, harsher voter ID requirements for mail-in voting, harsher ID requirements for in-person voting, um, voter purges of voter rolls, um, uh, uh, increased barriers for voters with disabilities, banning snacks or water while waiting in line, eliminating election day registration, reduced polling availability, that's either locations or hours, you know, increased numbers, of voters per per precinct, so you redistribute, so more people go to fewer precincts, and then of course just limiting the number of hours per day you can vote. Like those are all things that are included in these voter rights bills. Um, this is probably my favorite clip ever. If you're going to just really fuck with people about like why the Republican Party is doing this, so this is a this is a very short clip. It's only forty seconds. It's of um, do you guys know who Paul uh, Wyrick is? Blah. I've heard the name. Well, the name. Well, 
I'm going to click the right button here. There we go. Share screen. We want to do that one. All right. So Paul Ryrick is the founder, founder of the um, founding father of what they call the conservative movement. Um, he was the uh, founder of what we call now. Um, he was founder of the new right, what we call now the Heritage Foundation. He was the founder of the Heritage Foundation, a uh, very um, conservative right wing. And here he is going to talk about who he wants to vote in Dallas in 1980. Yeah, you now here, Paul. Let's go. Now, many of our Christians have what I call the goo-goo syndrome. Good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections, quite candidly, goes up as the voting populace goes down. Now... Who wants to guess for a dollar what he talked about when he says our leverage? Guessing he's not talking poor and uh, you know poor and minority people, right? Sure. Yeah. So that was that was the founder of the Heritage Station saying that in 1980. This is uh, the governor of uh, Tuesday, the governor of Pennsylvania, saying that they. Um, put voter ID law in for uh, for Romney to win in 2012. So here we go. He said the quiet part out loud. Voter ID, which is going to allow Governor Romney to win the state of Pennsylvania. Done. So, like, this shit isn't new. This is shit new. They, they've done this for decades. And it just annoys the shit out of me because I've always been told that conservatism has the best ideas. They win at the polls because they have the best ideas and they have the best governing strategy. But somehow they can't fucking win without uh, rigging a quote-unquote free and fair election. And it it, uh, it it annoys the absolute shit out of me. <sighs> yep. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much what I was going to say is they, they don't want people to vote. Uh they're not a party of ideas. There's a party of rigging the game. And I'll give credit to them. They're, they're pretty good at it. They, they find ways to eke it out way more than they should. So, you know. Um, well, we're, we're right right in the middle of um, redistricting. Excuse me. And there's like a state tracker that discusses... Um, like which state has had a plus or minus change in conservative control based on redistricting, and like the first two or three states have been like called and and it shows no change, and I'm like, okay, please God, make that stay there, but it won't. And and the Supreme Court has basically said they don't really give a shit about gerrymandering, so potentially fuck. Well, and they and they and they basically don't. They don't care because the majority of the majority of gerrymandered states are conservative. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be um, I'm not gonna be the person that says that like only conservative gerrymandered states. The Supreme Court a couple of years ago took up two cases. One of them was Maryland, and the other one was like what Michigan or something. I don't, I don't remember, but it was based on one was based on GOP gerrymandering. The other one was based on. Um, Based on uh, democratic gerrymandering of Maryland, and I and and I had I had friends send me that shit all the time, and they were like, oh, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "I think they should both be thrown out. Like, I don't think I don't think the state of Maryland should be fucking gerrymandered either." Um, 
But the problem was, is like they had the one Maryland, the one state that Democrats had gerrymandered, according to like uh, what a dozen states that the Republicans had gerrymandered in, in the 2010 redistricting, like after those midterms. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not about both parties are the same bullshit here. Like it, numerically, the Republicans do this shit more often, and. I'm trying to Google. I can't remember the term. It's not called voting effectiveness, but it's like voting deficiencies. It's the it's the it's when gerrymandering. The effect of gerrymandering is is like say the the one I remember very clearly was in Virginia. Um, Democrats won fifty percent, fifty six percent of the vote, but only won forty two percent of the seats in the legislature. So it's a mismatch of the voting percentages to what you get as a party but it's like voted, voting ineffectiveness or voted, the wasted vote I can't remember what the term is I'll, I'll google it later I, I don't want to spend time on google while we're sitting here talking but it's basically like how much you overshoot your vote based on how many votes you got or or came under because it's usually it's usually discussed as like if you know like like for the Republicans if you got 42 percent you know if you, if you only got 46 percent of the vote or 48 percent of the vote but you somehow got more than that, then you wasted those votes. The, those votes were kind of wait were were in a sense wasted because you didn't get more seats for it. You know, it, it's the that that type of uh, terminology. And there's there's all kinds of um, AIs that can go through and look at the last decade of voting in your state or county and say like, all right, based on that, the the, the you know this district should be drawn like this. And for the next ten years, you should see a you know. If the Republicans got forty six percent of the vote or fifty two percent of the vote, then they would land fifty two percent of the seats. It's it's not fucking hard. Yeah, we don't need that. We don't need that uh, swing set installer to figure out the math. I was gonna say I'm not, I'm pretty much to the point where I don't think we should allow a human being to even do yeah district um, apportionment. I I think with the technology we have that we can allow computers to do that. I mean, I'm sure they're not they're they're not going to be perfect, but they're probably going to still be you know uh, more impartial. We'll probably get some weird shapes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird. But like, I've seen some gerrymandered uh, districts that are batshit crazy to begin with. Yeah. So, really, the computer can't be any worse. Really. Well, and I I uh, I saw some story about a guy who was running for office and uh they uh during the during the during the election they did redistricting and subtracted his house from his district like there was they like just little line around his house and so like he was just cut out of the district and they're like well you know what you don't even get to you don't even get to run here like what the fuck you know like there are crazy shit like that happens oh so great yeah, I got nothing. Um, I, I, I think that the, the argument Adam has made before, and I agree with, is that if you are going to do all of these laws to protect the vote, you should at least have a voter fraud case to make that for. Because right now they're using this made-up Mike Lindell bullshit to say that, well, because of the last election was so corrupt, not true, and there was so much voter fraud, that didn't happen. That well, we need to. They've lately been kind of falling back on a, a halfway position that, like, well, we're not saying there was a bunch of voter fraud, but people think there was a lot of voter fraud, 
because we told them there was a lot of voter fraud. Yeah. Well. But right. you know, well. in order to so in order to assuage people's concerns, we have to make it really hard to commit voter fraud. The problem is that that they don't approach this in any way that would be like for for instance ramping up um cybersecurity around uh voting machines or voting machine like internet connections and they're not the russians they're, right. they're not doing it through um like making sure that there's a paper trail from electronic voting machines they're not doing it in any way that that just keeps the election from being hacked their only interest in curbing voter fraud or hypothetical voter fraud or assuaging people's concerns about voter fraud is doing it in ways that makes it harder specifically for traditionally democratic constituencies to vote yeah their their idea of protecting the vote from voter fraud is to make it physically harder for people they don't think will vote for them to get to the ballot box period i think the the most egregious example of this is and I, I don't know whether it made it in the final version of the bill or not, but one of the rounds of Texas voter suppression laws uh, surrounding a voter ID permitted you to use a, uh, a concealed carry gun permit as an ID, but not a student ID. That's just stupid. I'm, I'm not surprised. No. it's yeah, I agree it's stupid, but yeah. That... You can you can uh, connect the dots. Yeah, it's like like we've been discussing. It's not hard, and to to further Adam's point that there isn't voter fraud to work off of, the Heritage Foundation, the founder of which we heard talk earlier, saying "goo goo government," which I would never say those words out of my mouth in a in a speech ever because it's just bad. Um, uh, the Heritage Foundation has their own voter fraud page. And their voter fraud page says that there have been 1,333 cases of voter fraud. Now, how, how far back do you think that 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 uh, that database goes, John? I'll tell you right now, it's before you were born. I'm starting to feel a little bit old, so yeah. <laughs> maybe not as old as you, but I'm All right. So it was before I was born, 1979. So their yeah. their voter. There, so since 1979, they have a record of 1,333 cases of voter fraud. The thing with that, though, is that that's not even, even, even if you take away the timeline there, that's not even a big number if it happened well, one election. Well, if, yeah, well, yeah, no, right, right. Hold on. Let me, I did a quick check, <laughs> and now I looked up number of votes just in the presidential elections. Now, have no fucking clue how many House Senate seats, you know, dog catchers have happened since then. But just between seventy nine and, and two thousand and sixteen, there are one point uh, one point seven one point oh seven nine billion votes, which works which works out to zero point zero 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 one two percent voter fraud. It's practically non existent. Yeah, it's a statistical blip. Like it's nothing. Yeah, the the anomalies or the anecdotal evidence that come up always end up uh against the gop yeah oh yeah the actual cases in the last like like last cases in five years i know there's one in west virginia a guy was like changing people's registration cinnamon for him and there was a whole thing in um oh shit was it north carolina where the guy was like harvesting votes the the one in north carolina really i mean even the one in west that one's pretty bad 
the, even the one in West Virginia would not have changed. No, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. But the one in North Carolina is the only voter fraud issue in recent memory that had the potential to have swung an election because that right. was that was an incredibly close election and it was a systematic operation where they were yeah. going around and collecting people's not even totally filled out unsealed ballots and like completing them for them. That, or, that's systematic voter fraud. Yeah, that's but, systematic voter fraud. And they were collecting they, voters that they knew would vote for their candidate and then, you know and what? then they dumping got Yeah, dumping the ones well, that they thought weren't voting for their well, candidate. One one they got caught, but two after that happened, what did the North Carolina Republican Party do to address that form of voter fraud? I have no clue. I I just know he got busted and he cried during like a, a, a hearing and, and and dropped out of the election. They had another election. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think they did anything. Is that the no, answer, Adam? No, they did nothing. They did not do anything that would prevent that from happening again in the future, because fixing that would have been a boring technical fix that doesn't make it harder for Democrats to vote. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, well, you know, they, they create the narrative that like any person can just walk up to any random poll and vote like a thousand times over and over. Um, and that just does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to follow up on your point, John, I looked, uh, one of the, my favorite places to check for voter fraud is the Heritage Foundation because if there's any type of voter fraud, they're gonna they're gonna sweep it up. You know, they're gonna they're gonna count it because they need those numbers. They need those numbers to prove, like Adam said, that there's something that we've got to go fucking fix. I mean, not a real fix, like Adam said, not a boring technical way to fix how we do our elections. We have to you know drum up you know fire and brimstone against people that we don't think should be voting anyway. And if you look at if you look okay, so in the entirety of 2021. There were 17 instances of voter fraud that are recorded by the Heritage Foundation. Almost, almost all of them, I would like to say, in fucking California. Like, there's like 12 in California. Of those eight states that I mentioned earlier, that the the Republican Party had had passed legislation to remove the control of the elections from a bipartisan or you know nonpartisan group. Two uh, very partisan groups, say the legislature that was passed by Republican legislatures and signed by Republican governors of those eight states, California, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona, Montana, Kansas, and Arkansas. Of those eight states, only one of them recorded in the Heritage Foundation of having a violation. Now, it was a duplicate voting violation. Some guy filled out two mail-in ballots, but that's one out of God, what was it? 136, I don't know. I don't even know how many people voted in the 2020 election off the top of my head. It's like, what, 135 million or something like that? And and the Heritage Foundation has fucking one, you know? I'm sorry, they have 17. But if you go through those 17, only only one is a duplicate vote, and it is the one in Arizona. It's like Adam was saying, they're, they're coming at this problem from the silliest way, and they're doing it in the laziest way well, well just a, to put when, a, when all else fails they blame the illegals quote yeah it's a, it's a crime that doesn't even make sense though i mean it's a oh yeah it's very high risk low reward oh yeah because even if you succeed in voting not even twice let's say you succeed <coughs> in voting 15 times like 
put changing your shirt, putting on Groucho Marx glasses, and going through the pole again, fifteen yeah. times. There is almost no, I mean, unless you're trying to rig like a city council race in a like less than thousand person city, right? There's almost no way that you're going to swing the election doing that. And yet, if you get caught, you're convicted of a felony. Well, it's like well, several felonies. I think you have to. I think you have to do. I, I think we went through it once on the podcast. Like to do mail in vote, you have to. Yeah. You have to do like your. If, if your you're giving mail in stuff, that that probably yeah. is multiple felonies. Yeah. I mean, because it brings in the the post office. I can see that. Yeah. Throw and, mail I mean, basically, there. to make a difference, it has to be, as Adam said, a systematic operation, and. As we've seen, that tends to be caught. Yeah. It's pretty noticeable at some level. Well, even what was the one they keep bringing up, and you know, they're the, the whole thing in Georgia always cracks me up because people still today will say like, "Well, we have to do a signature match in Georgia." I'm like, they did. They did two hand counts and did a signature match. Like they did. There were three audits in Georgia's election, and but like. The one that cracks me up is that um, there was, I want to say it was in Pennsylvania. I could be wrong, but they ran uh, a handful of test ballots through to make sure the machines were counting the way they were. And that's why you have fucking test ballots, you know. They all come out A or B, you know. You know, you put in, you put in 200 and 200 come out B, you know, whatever. Um, And... That count was somehow included in the initial like voter turnout. Oh, that was and in they, the that was in the primary for the New York mayor's election. Oh, New York. Okay, okay. Thank you. I knew it had happened. When I was uh, I knew it was up north somewhere, but I kind of kind of fuzzy on what state. But yeah, but they caught it. Like like any like any but any any normal process. They're like, oh shit, we you know th- there's two hundred extra votes for you know A or B, and they removed it. And that oh. like the, that's constantly used. People as, got like, more pissed that they actually removed it than like <laughs> just acted like yeah. nothing happened. Yeah, well, and like I, I'll tell you, as, as somebody who works in in a scientific field, um, everybody knows the phrase like it's better to beg forgiveness than like ask permission. That is not true when you're working with statistics or scientific method. Like it is not fun. You, it is like if you got to come to your advisor or your boss and be like, listen. Kind of fuck this up. That's like an honest mistake is fine, but if you like decided to wing it and do something wrong, like that's like coming at them later, be like, all right, so listen, the e beam evaporator doesn't work right now. Long story short, I fucked it up. Yeah, you know, like you should ask before you do anything like that because in a, in a in a in a scientific method, you know, framework. Yeah, they'll tell you, no, no, yes. They'll be very clear on what you can and can't do. Same thing with, like, statistics and voting, you know? All right, you don't just, like, take 20 votes out and say, like, well, that was us, we got that. You got to tell somebody, because these cranks will, like, I don't know, burn your house down. Fucking follow you home and tell you they're going to murder all your all your friends and family. Because that's what happened in, to those Arizona um, board members. They uh, were told they were all going to be killed. It was fun. So we fixed this, right, guys? Voting is fixed. We live in a, a perfect society, right? Right. Uh, we're we're going to send Adam uh, at anybody who wants to mess with us over voting rights. And, uh, John, you'll take over all of the women's rights stuff, and we're, we're golden. 
I got this. Got this. All right, guys. What? What? What's uh? Okay, fun stuff. What's everybody watching? Anybody watching something fun we need to hear about? Um, any sh- any shows you wanna you wanna you wanna push on the audience? I don't watch. I don't get to watch much. I have been uh, I've been watching Sweet Tooth. I figure that's kind of up your alley. I've heard of that. I haven't watched it yet though. Yeah, I thought that was good. Seems decent. Yeah, it, it's kind of. I think it came out right at the beginning of COVID though, so there's a lot of um, pandemic similarities, uh, parallel, and I think uh, Netflix because it's a netflix original netflix got a lot of shit early on um and like trying like they're trying to do predictive programming kind of shit like like ride the wave i don't think that i don't think they released it because of covid it just happened to coincide um and it does there are certain parts of it that reflect you know being in a pandemic obviously it ends up being much worse because they're both it's basically a post-apocalyptic uh yeah world at that point but um still interesting i heard that was that was i believe that's based off of a a comic i think so yeah yeah and i i i'd seen the show and i was like oh well maybe i'll maybe i'll look into the comic and it my, it went as far as that. I haven't gotten into it, but I've I've heard really good things yeah. from there's, everybody who's watched. There's it. diseases, yeah. and then there's hybrids, which are basically uh, kids <laughs> born yeah. as humans and various animals. Animals, <laughs> yeah. I always see the kid with the with the deer antlers. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's the main weird. character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam, Adam, what are we spending our time with now? Um, uh, the other day I just finished watching Shadow and Bone. I mean, it's okay. See, I'm not gonna okay. That's that's another one I was told to watch. I haven't gotten to yet. It's uh, I, I read a review of it, like one of those little blurb reviews that was not super uh, flattering. That basically said uh, Shadow and Bone is like if you like made you know those those bots that they say like we force this bot to read a thousand <laughs> right, words. Right, the, uh, right. This like Shadow and Bone is like if you made a bot like read every like dystopian young adult fantasy series and then like procedurally generate a show (laughs) and yeah i mean i can't disagree with that review too much right and and, and like i know what you're talking about and and shay and i have talked about that before like our love of these stupid silly uh, CW shows that are for kids that are 14 like is you know like we watch it like oh god this is so ham-fisted but like 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 we talked about it, like the new one like the Superman and uh, was I think Superman and Lois yeah that's a new one on the CW like that has no business being as good as it is and it's so like you know like you were saying like young adult you know thing but it's like the fact that they cast uh, Superman as being kind of a dick dad every now and like a, an absent dad like oh that's hilarious like his kids complain when he flies off to save the world. Like, oh yeah, well I thought we were gonna play baseball. Go, fucking great. Like I, I get it. Like not everything has to be a hit out of the park. You just gotta like it, even if it's for you know teenage girls. You do you, Adam. That's what I'm saying. Um, Rachel and I have been. First of all, have you guys seen uh, Ted Lasso? I've watched a few episodes as a non-Apple user. Uh, I do not currently have the subscription to watch all of it. I have uh, found them on the interwebs, and uh, I could I could go to that link if I yeah. need to. 
but we we've gotten into it. It's uh we just watched um it's in season two now. Like it's it's Jason Sudeikis at his best, and he won you know, what was a Golden Globe for it when he was hired and fuck wearing like a a hoodie. I think that was what it was. No, it was an Emmy. I think he won the Emmy. I'm sorry. And like they came to him, and uh, I believe he was just sitting there. He was high as fuck. He was wearing like this this wrinkled uh, hoodie. And um, I believe Stephen Colbert was like, if you want to, you know, because, you know, whenever they do these Emmys and all these people are dressed up to the nines, they're like, you know, how do you recreate so-and-so's look? And they're like, well, if you want to recreate Jason Sudeikis's look, you uh, grab a hoodie out of the bottom of your hamper and you eat that edible you've been saving for a a special occasion. Right. And then remember you were supposed to be on TV. But, uh, yeah, he he won won an award for it. It was really great. We just finished, like, the season two. They have a Christmas special. It's just, like, it's so goddamn adorable. Like, like Adam was saying, like, it's a great show, but it's, like, oh, man, it's just, like, you just wallow in the the feelings. Right in the feels, you know, whether it's, you know, for your age group or not. You just love it. I mean, I I think I've seen the first, like, maybe three episodes, and they were pretty good. I, 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 I won't lie. I just... Yeah. yeah, that whole Apple issue is prevents fucking pricks. Like, I, I was pissed too, and I, I was like, "Oh, that!" Like when he won the award, and like Rachel and I looked it up, I was like, "And Rachel's a huge soccer fan, so that that was half up her alley anyway." And I was like, "Oh, this will be good." I, you know, we watch it, and like I was pissed too. It was on Apple TV. Like, that's a dick move by anybody. But um, yeah. So we've been watching that, and uh, I, I don't know. Did you, did did you guys ever get through all of Game of Thrones? Still haven't. Yeah. Still plan to at some point, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I was a book person, so I'm still. You know, oh, we're still waiting. 2011 still, or so. When was that last book fucking out? 2011. I am still hopeful that I will get to read Winds of Winter before I retire. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm with you, Adam. I uh, I was at a bar years ago, and like a friend of a friend. Like, uh, one of my buddies, drinking buddies, like his older brother was like, Hey, uh, like somebody was like, yeah, Justin reads fantasy shit. Like, like really just pointed me out across the bar and he like walked over. He's like, well, you got a book. You got a book series. You got to read. It was song of fire and ice. So I into the books the whole way. Uh, I watched the whole series on HBO. Rachel has decided she wants to watch it now. So now we're working our way through game of Thrones with her. And, uh, um, you know, we have we have really good ground rules. Like, I'm happy to rewatch it because it's been a while since I've watched. I mean, I didn't rewatch the first several seasons. I think I might have rewatched like the second to last because there was a big break between them. You know, like I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Like Adam was saying, there's been 11 years or no, what, another 10 years or so since the last book. So I'm gonna have to do a review of that shit. But um, so I'm having fun watching with Rachel. But she gets asked whatever question she wants because there there are a shitload of fucking people and they're not really great about like keeping the names straight. They're like, I mean, they tell you everybody's names, but it's one of those things where like they explain shit later. And Rachel's very impatient. She's like, "Who's that guy?" I'm like, I'll just rattle off. She's like, "All right, well, are they, like, <laughs> I think one instance like two characters are like, I'll see you, I'll you know, I'll see you when I get back from the wall or whatever." And she's like, "Do they ever see each other?" I was like, "Oh no, they don't. They both die. Don't worry about it." Like she asks, I answer. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, was... I've I've tried to uh, make it a point to go back and start watching like from the beginning because I think uh-huh. I watched. I think I ended up watching like the first three seasons, just kind of dropped off from there, um, and try to get my wife, uh, Katie, into it. And like, if it literally does not coincide with like real life, she has no interest in anything. Oh, so if it's not like currently a show out there that everybody's no, if it's Into just like or... if it's not like 
oh, it's something that could really happen in real life. Oh, uh, I see. Not into the fantasy. Yeah, she, so far. she, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm not like a big sci-fi guy, but I, like, I do like a lot of like space exploration type oh, yeah. stuff. Um, and as soon as I'd watch something like that, she's like, "Oh, this is the dumbest thing ever." <laughs> well, um. I got Rachel went speaking of like sci-fi stuff. Rachel went to sit with Rachel and I watched the Suicide Squad, and that was super fun. Like I, I don't think he even be like it's that that movie's so all over the place. Like you could be a superhero fan, he'd be a sci-fi fan. You could just like watching people murder people. It's yeah. all fun. Like I like when I, I don't know if it's sci-fi so much as like I like actual like fairly realistic space exploration type stuff not like just like random galactic battle i mean i like right. star wars like i'm totally into star trek hey like, uh have you have you read um i don't think it's a movie if it is it's probably a bad one that happened a long time ago because i've never heard of it um but have you read seven eves I, actually yes or i did i did the audio but back in the day i worked in state government and had to drive like 45 out or 45 minutes not hours 45 minutes a day and i listened to that for like a good while and it was awesome that's a book where like okay the, the first two thirds are probably the best space fiction i've ever read and then the last third is just so weird that like yeah it, it was like it was like an afterthought if it should have existed at all it should have been a separate book <laughs> well and then like i i, I did the same thing same process like listening as an audiobook between commutes for uh, the martian and then it got turned into uh -huh. not short not long after that it got turned into a uh, book and or uh, a movie and obviously good obviously movie the book was i mean it goes way much more detail like it's a lot longer obviously way more things going on than what was in the movie um but yeah crazy stuff i mean I, I'm just making notes over here to to look into the seven eaves, but oh, if you guys are into humongous, it's pretty long. <laughs> okay, oh, that's all right. I think it's divided up into like two books. I mean, it's it's its own book, but it's like two. Well, I mean, like the stand is like fourteen hundred pages, so it's not a problem. Um, I mean, I'm st I got about halfway through the Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. That's a big fantasy like cornerstone. It so much shit goes on that I don't give a shit about, but I think I'm gonna have to try again. But it's huge. It's like seven. I think it's thirteen books. Each book's like four or five hundred pages. It's huge. But so you know that's okay. But I made a note about the seventies. If you guys are into like realistic uh, sci-fi, or as realistic as you know it can be and still be fun, um, the Expanse is a great, great one. I know we've talked about that. Yeah, I've, the Expanse. I've, I think I've watched the first couple episodes and. I don't really remember. I, f I feel like I didn't dig it quite as much, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't go back and watch it at some point. Well, I, I think they're on their sixth book in the set. It's either six. They're either on. I think there's, they're either doing six or nine books. I can't remember right now. I, I've got them over on the shelf, but I can't see them because they're stacked up. Something stacked in front of them. But I've read all the books. The books are great. So if, if you're into reading yeah. sci-fi, it's great. This, the show is pretty close to the book, but they basically there's no light speed or anything. They basically show how shitty interstellar travel is because you've got to like accelerate to a certain speed and then flip the ship around and slow it back down and it takes that's, time that's kind of and it all sucks I, that's the thing i like about some of the, like the realistic sci-fi or whatever you want to call it is yeah. how fucking hard that sh like shit actually is 
because if you want like if you if you think about like star wars or sci-fi they're taking place or uh yeah star trek i'm, I'm sorry they're taking place in a world where that shit's easy as fuck. Shoink. Yeah, yeah. Just shoink not, over there, yeah. I mean I, I think the I think the genre name for that is near future. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but is well, it really? <laughs> well, I was I was gonna I was gonna recommend um Larry Niven is good at hardcore sci fi, and of course you guys have heard of Ringworld. That's a series of books that are pretty hardcore, but they explain it all. Like they don't be like, oh, just quantum. They don't like wave the word quantum in front of something and do it. Like they explain why everything works the way it does. That's the Ring World series really is good. And then um, another one of his that is less fantastical and very like you were you were saying, Adam, near future, like bare bones, like the ship's got to go this direction for this fucking long, or we're not going to, you know. No, we don't know. Zoom, zoom. We don't know if this is going to work. Right, yeah, um, but another one is a moat in God's eye. They they do faster than light travel, but they can only do it on a certain network of nodes. Like they have these this system of I think they call them Anderson points, like where gravitational the gravitational field is minimum, and they can only they can only do that from point to point. It's not like you just point your ship and you know light speed to wherever the fuck you want. You've got to you know like a train, you can only go where the track takes you. So it's a uh, it's more it's more rigid and it's a it's a fantastic book. They 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 find a um a civilization that is literally like stranded on an Anderson point and the, the so they don't know that they can get out and nobody's ever found the end. So it's been like you know it's been stranded in their own little environment for for centuries or millennia or whatever, and their civilization keeps raising and falling like literally evolution of of the civilizations happens over and over again and it happens so fast that they've become very uh, adapt to it like they know that like we're going to reach a certain point where we run out or we run out of um you know materials and resources civilization's going to collapse then it'll, it'll it'll start back up later like they're they're used to it it's a different race it's pretty fucking good really good i think there's two of those books but um i'm glad everybody's got stuff to watch uh yeah i can't recommend game of thrones anymore and watch it the second time still good uh, I, I do like that Rachel is uh, she always made fun of me because she's like why does it take two hours to watch an hour long show and then she'll watch something happen on the show she's like alright we wind up we gotta watch that again well, like yeah see once there's, once there's drinks involved and then yeah. then there's potty breaks oh, right. oh yeah yeah, yeah. My, my wife they, they to need to decide to make a snack my wife might know? have to go downstairs and go outside and smoke yeah yeah this all adds up it all adds it up it does all right, well, guys, um, it's getting late on your end of the, of the Americas, so I appreciate guys uh, appreciate guys joining me with this while Shay's gone. Uh, I enjoy doing. it. I hope you guys enjoy doing it with me. It's good to talk to you guys. Haven't seen you in a while. I haven't talked to you. I, I'll hopefully see each of you actually in person next several weeks. Yeah, so that'll be fun. It. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, oh God, John, I've lied to you so much. I keep telling you I'm going to put us put this on sound. Uh, put us on. Uh, what is it? What do you want it on? Stitcher. Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Keep telling me we'll put this podcast on Spotify, and I keep fucking forgetting. But anyway, you should be able to find this podcast anywhere you find your podcast, except for Spotify because I'm lazy, uh, and I will make that up to John. But you can always shoot us a uh, you can shoot us uh, hit us up on Twitter, questions, comments, or uh, complaints. Um, it's at Woodscast seventeen seventy six seventeen seventy six, and also on Facebook at Woodscast seventeen seventy six. And then always shoot us an email if you want to. It's the Woodscast seventeen seventy six at gmail.com because fuck Alex Jones and his whole shtick. It's so easy to stay on these platforms. You just have to not call for the you know murder of your political enemies. Um, 
I edit those out, by the way, if I slip and, and call for, you know, anything. That doesn't make the podcast. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for coming. Uh, yeah, thank you. John's, John, say goodbye to the nice people. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right, Adam. Let's let you go to bed. Night, folks. Uh, <laughs> we're getting close to Adam's bedtime, so so he he, he uh, tapped out. But uh, thanks for doing the podcast, and, and as always, everybody, remember Captain Hydra says, seize the means of production.